Not everyone is meant to make a difference. But for me, the choice to live an ordinary life is no longer an option. What's shaking their neighborhood listeners? Your boy Rob Lee is here with a brand new episode of Let's Watch It Again. I'm on here with a uh, multiple-time co-host, uh, friend of the network, noted photographer, noted black man. Please welcome <laughs> Isaiah Winters. Welcome to the pod, man. Thank you for having me back, man. I mean, I say this every time, but I just, I just love doing these. And, you know, I'm a fellow comic book <laughs> comic book lover and, and movie lover and spider-man oh my gosh i i feel honored that i am the one that that gets to do this this uh this breakdown with you man this this movie means so much but we'll get into that yeah. we'll get into some of that and so 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 where were you at when this movie came out it's the 20th anniversary uh we're recording yes. this in may i'm going to get this out before the end of may so it would be almost 20 years to the day uh, right. So, 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 what were you doing? Where were you doing? Did you see this movie in theaters? And, and those are kind of initial know. thoughts. I saw this movie in theaters. It was okay. So, growing up, I had a neighbor just at the end of the block. He had just moved in, and his parents were this huge birthday party. He was he was loaded. Like he was definitely the, the new rich kid in the neighborhood, right? So they're like, oh, we're gonna do a whole Spider Man themed birthday party for you guys. Got us all tickets to go. I'm talking like 15 <laughs> little like. 10 to 12 year olds, um, action figures, snacks, everything. And so I saw this movie. I'll never forget like where we kind of sat. We took up like a whole row in a movie theater with like 12 to 15 <laughs> little boys with me kind of just geeking out and losing our minds over it. And I swear, I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Like, bro, I had like the, you know, back in the day where you tried to get like a screen save or a wallpaper for your computer <laughs> and you're on like dial up. So I was like logging on the AOL online and then got like the first promo wallpapers that Sony was dropping and like everything in my life was just Spider-Man branded. It, it came out at the perfect time for me, man. Got that. What about you though? What about you? I mean, so here, here's the thing. Like I was... Like I was about 17 when this came out. So yeah. I was in that spot where I'm like, all right, happy that this happened. Um, I didn't see any of the I think I saw the third one in theaters, which says a lot okay. about me. And I saw it at the senator <laughs> to be exact. Um oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
the first two I didn't see in theaters, but I was really excited about it because I enjoyed mm-hmm. the um, the cartoon. And to a lesser extent, um, my dad's big into cartoons. And even now, my girl will always talk about, yo, Spider-Man is amazing friend. So it was always Spider-Man around. So seeing something and, and even well, for my dad, um, I remember him saying, yo, you're going to watch these like 70s movies of like Spider-Man. Oh like, walking, yeah, you know, not good. And. <laughs> So, so having this done the way that it was done and it be really good, um, it, it, it sticks out. It, it doesn't it, – well, we'll talk about that, but it, it sticks out as one of those really early nascent stages of uh, comic book movies. And if movies at its most popul- popular as far as Marvel and Marvel adjacent, you had – you know, we need to put respect on this name you, – you had in 98, you had Blade 2000, you had X-Men and in 2002 – you you had Spider Man, so right. you had these these really well well two or three really well known properties like out there in a big bad way. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was definitely signed up for for season tickets there. It is crazy. I mean, I, I love that people are starting to think about this a little bit now, and that conversation is coming in that like Blade was the the true start to the MCU. You know, mm-hmm. um, so kind of having him come back full circle with Mahershala Ali, and then you know we just had. Sam Raimi come back for the newest Doctor Strange. There's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, things that are coming full circle right now. I feel like for so. Sure. So for those who are undipped, I want to start off with this summary. We get some casting stuff and some release yeah. date notes like that. Toby. All right. So uh, Spider Man. Uh, summary centers on uh, student Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire, who, after being bitten by a genetically altered spider, gains superhuman strength and spider-like ability to cling to any surface. He vows to use his abilities to fight crime, uh, coming to understand the words of his beloved Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man. <laughs> Iconic. That's it. I mean, That's the story in a nutshell. He wanted to wrestle first, and I don't think they were doing like HGH testing or human <laughs> human growth hormone or, or anything along those lines. Um, yeah. So the cast. Uh, you told me why, obviously, Spider-Man. Um, uh, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Mary Jane Watson, uh, Willem Dafoe, um, which, again, can we put respect on his last name being Dafoe? He's always has to be a villain. Dafoe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, I mean, oh, my God. And – We'll get to the newer ones, but he just, mm-hmm. this guy is, he's a class act. He's hes so good. He's so good at playing creepy and just like <laughs> sinister and that smile on his face, man. I'm like, I want, I would, I would want to give him a hug, but at the same time, I'd be like, I don't know if I want Willem Dafoe to like smile at me, like, I was, especially I at mouth. night or something, you know? I want his mouth too close it's to me. It's scary. It's, it's, yeah, it's, like it's a, a little scary. It's like a Junji Ito thing where it's like, oh, and then suddenly his <laughs> jaws unhinged and then I died. Uh, <laughs> right. Like it doesn't stop. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's like that model chick. I don't know if you watched it, but that Junji Ito <laughs> thing with the model is not great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, now now defunct, I guess, uh, James Franco is Harry Osborne. Oh, boy. Yeah, we 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 we'll see. Uh, so the release date May third, two thousand two. So just a solid twenty years ago. Um, yes. The box office. No, actually, let's talk about the budget first. Okay. So the budget is one hundred and thirty nine milli. That's 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 up. Whoa. that's up there. For that time, I mean, I, I remember when Spider Man three came out, and they were like, "This is the biggest budget of all time." So I'm assuming this was one of the largest, if not the largest, for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I think Spider-Man 3 was something like 150. So this is not too far. I didn't think this movie cost that much money. What well, yeah, I guess the effects. I guess mm-hmm. the effects. Huh. I want to take a look at something like what what would that be worth now? Right. Cause uh that's that's worth knowing. Let's see. What is that gonna be? Uh what's our equivalent? So that would be a 223. <laughs> that would be the cost of the most recent one. So that costs basically as much or more than the new Doctor Strange. And yeah, as much as the, the new Spider-Man that just came out. Wow. And uh, oh. the, the box office was um, 829, um, 25 million, which. And that's before we got to the billion club. So like, that's mm-hmm. huge. That's huge. And if we put that inflation on there for today's dollars, that would be 1.3 billion. Okay. So that, that's that. kind of beginning of, of, of this massive blockbuster. And then the wild thing is this, this movie is the appetizer for the second one, which did the crazy numbers. Spider-Man two. Wow. Yep. What a movie. So as you, as you mentioned, Sam Raimi, the director. Um, so I'm going to hit you with some, some numbers real quick. Uh, okay. So IMDB, yes. you know, source for some people, uh, 7.4. Okay out of 10 uh, low, right? for spider-man one okay it's a little low doesn't it it does um but i'm sure we'll get into this rewatching. you know some of the some things hold up a little bit better than <laughs> others and i don't know if that score going down is maybe recent uh tied to some of the the things that have kind of been uh commented about with this movie and some of the jokes and things like that but um yeah, that's a little low. I would expect at least like a 7.6, 7.8. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm being nitpicky, but huh. You got to judge it against contemporary sites, right? So right. Rotten Tomato, Rotten Tomatoes, which is famous for doing that downvoting, 90%. Yes. Rotten 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. And, 7%. Oh. and lastly, Google users. That's the thing. That's usually just, these are the fans, you know? Yeah. 82. So IMDB, get your S together. Right. I actually, I think the user one is probably the most accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good spot for this film. And I always try to I do think. whatever that number is. It's just like, yo, across the board, it's somewhere in that eight. That's that's yeah. about a, a good number because, you know, 7.4, little low, 90, little high, 8.2, little sweet high. spot. Yeah. Wow. Google users, you guys did it. You did it again. <laughs> you gave us an accurate reading on it. <laughs> Big shout out. <laughs> yeah. Probably. So I want to throw out some trivia, um, if you will. Um, I want to know how much of this you knew. Because, you know, for a movie that's, you know, been out there, been super popular, made a lot of money, and it's been around Mm -hmm. for for 20 years, it's been in the, um, it's been memed. You know, the, you know, great power, great responsibility thing has been used for bits for a long time at this point. Forever. Um, So, number one. And these is it's, it's ten things, but really it's a lot of subplots in here. So, Willem Dafoe performed ninety percent of his own stunts. No, he didn't. That's what? what that's what it says. <laughs> he would though. That's what I'm talking about with this guy. Like every time I learn a new fact, I'm like, "What is? Who is this man? What is he? You're gonna How like did he this. do ninety percent of his stunts?" There's a lot of stunts for him. He's only in a movie like 18 minutes, though. Are you serious? That's another, that's the thing I saw a little bit later. 
Um, oh. You're going to like this, I think. This is actually really funny to me. Willem Dafoe wore prosthetic teeth for much of the film to play Norman Osborn, but his natural teeth could be seen when he is tapped into his goblet persona. So his real teeth is when he's the goblet. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, why did they do fake teeth on him? Now I'm thinking of, like, the boardroom scene where he's screaming and, like, Yo. when he's talking to Harry, like... I'm dropping Harry off at school, so I got to have my fake teeth in. Like, Yo. what are we doing here? What are we doing? <laughs> That's great. The FX team, wow. the, the special effects team had to tone down the gore of the Spider-Man and Green Goblin um, finale, um, their, their final battle, to maintain that PG-13 rating. And Ooh-wee. that's kind of on brand for Sam Raimi. He likes Sam liquids. Raimi. He does, and... I don't know how much, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but like he, he does that. He does that in his films and with the newest, his return to Marvel with mm-hmm. Dr. Strange. I've had a few friends kind of talk about, well, like it was, you know, I felt this way. I felt that way, but I was sh- surprised that it wasn't family friendly, bro. Mm-hmm. When I saw that movie, there was an eight month old baby next to me in the theater. I was like, this baby's going to be traumatized. I mean, I, I heard things I like I didn't really care about the spoilers because that's what people love to do. And yeah, I'll put it this way. And this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I'll put it this way. When defunct ex deprecated football player Michael Sam like ruined what happened in Star Wars and <laughs> that whole thing was like, oh, yeah, I can't believe Han Solo died. I was like, Yo, yeah. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? I still remember reading that. It was like the I saw it like the day I was going to see that movie. Yeah. <sighs> It's, it's weird. It's weird. And we just love tr- it. We think we're journalists in some ways. And it's like, you're yeah. not, you're not that interesting. Actually, people are going to dislike you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we won't share any spoilers on this one. No. no the spoilers. film, um, the film cast includes three Oscar winners. Can you name any of the Oscar winners? And, um, and four, okay. uh, three Oscar winners and four nominees. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, didn't Kirsten Dunst just win? Or I know she was nominated for a recent film at what was the Power of the Dog? Uh, J.K. Simmons, Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I mean, Toby McGuire won in the Oscars for anything in nomination. <laughs> um, what is it? Is Aunt May one of them? Yes, Aunt May. J.K. Simmons. That, but, and well, then, sorry, that's she, she's uh, nominated. She's nominated. She's nominated. Yeah. Okay. That's Rosemary Harris, by the way. Rosemary Harris. Yes, Rosemary Harris. And no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the only one great. I can think of is, is J.K. Simmons. That's great. Maybe. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Thank um, God. Go old. Please go old. Not Cliff Robertson. Cliff right? Robertson was a winner. Uncle Ben. He was a winner. Okay, so he is a winner. And then we have. Okay, she. this is literally her film debut. Um, Come on, you got it. What is her name? What is her name? Describe her. Black lady. Does she have an Oscar? I need a little bit more. Black lady, (laughs) a little bit heavier. So she plays, she's literally the person that checks him in. Yes, Octavia Spencer. Before he goes to Octavia. I was going to say like Olivia. Octavia Spencer gets her debut as like the check-in lady (laughs) when Tobey Maguire goes to wrestle. Okay, yes. Um, The nominees, I don't know. So the nominees are Kristen Dunst. You were right about that. Okay. Willem Dafoe, okay. Uh, okay. Rosemary Harris, and James Franco. Oh, oh, right for um, 
whatchamacallit, the room, the, what is it? The uh, What is it? Disaster Artist, I believe. The Disaster Artist. Yeah. That book was incredible. I have it. Incredible and book. I love watching a room. I don't know if I have the balls to really do a review on it. Yeah. I might, because it's it's notably a bad movie, but the pop culture phenomenon around it, I love it in that regard. Bro, I used to make people, like, this is how I determined if we were going to be friends. I have people I've met come over and be like, oh, we're going to, you know, come over. We'll have, like, we'll order some peaches. We'll get some wings and stuff. We'll have, like, a little movie day. And then I'll show them the room <laughs> and see what the hell they think. If they if they mess with the room, then we can start to get into some conversations. I, I know hosted we're a boys. room. Bro, I hosted a room screening. <laughs> um, in Baltimore years ago, um, before the disaster artist, and then a disaster artist screening too. I love that film. I went to one screening where they had all of the gimmicks in there, where they give you spoons and uh, oh, the spoons, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think I have the shirt because they gave us like these t-shirts that look like tuxedos, where they're yeah. just throwing the football around. That's we may have been at how the many same years thing. ago was this, bro? This was probably two years before disaster artist came. <laughs> He may have been at the same thing. <laughs> wow. Small world. Well, I went to the Charles. It was that at was the at Charles. The Charles? <laughs> it was the same thing. Yeah. We were there at the same wow. time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll get back to it, but because James Franco is is a little troublesome right now. Yeah. He's a little problematic, but okay, he is nominated. Yep. Um, Jim Norton, comedian. Uh he okay. improvised the line. He stinks and I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, when they're doing the like montage of how New Yorkers feel about Spider-Man. Yeah, that is something that I say in real life, too. You can ask the girl face. She'll say, like, I love when you say he stinks. She was like, it's such an anachronistic and kind of PG thing to say. But also it's powerful, though. But is it? Yeah, I'm like, I would rather be called something else than somebody say that I stink and they don't like me. Like, damn, what did I do? Uh, Peter Parker does not take on the identity of Spider-Man until 54 minutes into the film. So about halfway through. It took, they really build out that origin story for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It took 30 minutes and three people to get Defoe into the Green Goblin suit. If oh uh, if Tobey Maguire, for his, if he, had to, he ever had to go to the bathroom, it took it was about a 30 minute process to get out of the Spider-Man suit. So these suits were not great. 30 minutes i thought maybe they just zipped him down the back like a onesie or something you, you would think so right like how much vaseline was there involved? must have been padding and vaseline and stuff uh, yeah okay. i'm too fat for these costumes right? magic yeah that thing is not forgiven that spider-man it that's always been the case i'm like so nah man if i had like a quarter pounder or something that day like it's showing up in the suit it's showing up when you have a chance you should listen to the robocop um review that i did with uh, my man uh, dom griffin and we were talking about like peter weller lost in that robocop suit he lost three pounds of sweat every day you're just sweating it out yeah because fucking suit is not on point that suit too was like hugging my man like suffocating (laughs) and you can see it when you watch that i'm like oof you can see his religion. It's like, sir. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the tracing in the cafeteria where Peter Parker catches all of the food was not done digitally. Goaded. It's yes, that is uh, practical. I didn't know that. Uh, the last shot of the film with Spider-Man swinging through the city was the most time consuming shot of the entire film. Completely CGI. Um, execution on it began in uh, when production began. And it was the very last shot completed for the film. It took 18 months to create that shot. To your point about the CGI being the most expensive part. Oh, my 
God, I can't imagine. Like, think of what we have now with technology and video games and stuff. But you know what? Having just rewatched this and like the way that that film ends and having that kind of like mm-hmm. Sam Raimi's out of control, but that ending is powerful. Like he needed that. Yeah. You need that to end that movie. And then it's just to have the excitement hyped up for Spider-Man 2, like ending on something like that. Yeah. Did, you, did you ever see, um, what is it, Ex Machina? Yes, I love that. Alex Garland, right? Yeah. So yeah. Me, and, me and my girl, we that was one of the early con- points of contention when it comes to movies. I really like that movie. She's not mm-hmm. a huge fan of it. She was like, yeah, they kind of like focused a little bit too. Like I feel like the uh director of photography was like in love with the actress i was like no because they put a lot of work into making her look like a car yeah. i was like that's yeah. why it was all this like view on that and i think it's the same thing like we're gonna get these grandiose spider-man swinging through the city maybe in mm-hmm. subsequent movies because it was like yeah we worked hard to make this work it's it's uh the t-rex in t- in, in jurassic park right they're creating a new standard. Yeah, that's some like James Cameron shit right there with that swing mm-hmm. scene. Because you never, you know, as a kid, I was like, I'm actually seeing Spider-Man swinging through what looks like a real New York City. Like, yeah. this is out of control, you know? This was the first film to gross $100 million in its opening weekend alone. At the time, no movie had done so, even with adjustment for inflation. Um, Some points wow. on this one. The first, this was the first Marvel movie to showcase um, the flipping pages uh, Marvel logo. Oh and, uh, shit! That was exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When that when that song comes in, bro, I'm telling you, I still remember all of it. It's it's certain movies that when you see, because I, I think I told you about the rule I have, because um, I I pay more attention to the different companies that are involved, and I feel like. Mm-hmm. If it's too many, you, you got to look for like one. If I don't know any of these production companies and you're listening in the beginning, <laughs> you're mid. The movie's mid. But I right. pay more attention to that stuff now because in part of Marvel. It's like, you know, now where it's at when you see like, oh, snap. And they do little weird things with it. Like, yeah. Um, speaking of Spider-Man, I believe in, uh, uh, what is it? Maybe Moon Knight. You mm-hmm. know, in, in, the, in the, the logo and you see all the clips, Spider-Man is not in right. it anymore. They took it out. Because no one knows who Spider-Man is. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you actually may have mentioned that to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool to me. Um, yeah. Released in 2002. It, it, you know, they have fun with it. They have fun with it. You got to be nerds. And I mean, people get caught in the some of the, the, the factory kind of we, we have a way that we do things. And, right. you know, that's a conversation for a different time. But it's just like, look, do you like the thing or do you not? Like, really, what do you want? That, that's where's yours? That's the other thing. Like, did you right. make one? <laughs> no, exactly. It's like, well, what would you do? You know, it's it's funny because speaking of like that intro to it, Sam Raimi has these crazy long uh, opening credits for these movies. Yes. Like, I don't even remember how long it is. But, and it also doesn't the, doesn't the opening credits kind of like flash like scenes from the film. So it almost like spoils parts of the film, like yes. in the it's opening. Like, it's like, what are you doing, yeah. Sam? <laughs> yeah, he was like on some, I guess I could see they're like trying to do that whole like comic book thing. But rewatching, I was like, bro, like spoilers. Come on, man. It's almost like when you're watching this, you, you've probably done this. When you're watching like a cartoon or something and you're like, 
yo, that scene never happened. You, you, you're looking for that right. stuff like in the intros, like that that never happened. Right. The turtles didn't meet, you know, you Osaka Ujimba, you know, until like season <laughs> two or three. Like, what are we doing? Why is he here? Oh, all of that. The X Men show. Yeah. Now you're right. Um, so right. this was released uh, the year of Spider-Man's 40th anniversary in 2002. Um, mm-hmm. The scenes of New Yorkers throwing trash at the Green Goblin um, with, and Spider-Man perched alongside the American flag were, were added after uh, 9-11 to reflect the city's sense of unity and patriotism. There's right. a few instances where I was like, it's a little too much flag in here for me. It was very patriotic, bro. I mean, the timing of it, I remember, you know, I have family members here and everything, and I still remember that. But I, you, if do you remember the first, um, like, advertisements and promos for this? Mm-hmm. They had him kind of um, making a web in between the Twin Towers. Yeah. And they yeah, had yeah. to remove all of that, and that had to be taken out of it just because in, in like, you know, 18 months for that last scene, so much of this was already in pro- uh, progress, you know. They had to digitally, I think, remove uh, the Twin Towers from his reflection at one point when he's looking yes, through the lenses. Yes, yeah, yeah. he would like look through the eyes. Yep, yeah. Uh, one of the chief difficulties that Tobey Maguire experienced in the now famous upside down kissing scene, you, you, you've heard oh, about boy. this now. Uh, maybe. He had. Um, I know the scene, obviously. <laughs> his sinuses kept filling up with water <laughs> because Ew. it was performed in, in driving rain so you couldn't breathe. Oh my God! So he so was he like drowning. Almost died, <laughs> hanging upside down. That was a lot. It was there's so much rain in that scene. Like I okay, maybe I know what they're trying to do. There's a few things that they're highlighting here, but yeah, that that scene is a little intense with the rain. I'm like, damn, bro. I it, it didn't have to be like that. I don't know if you're like me, but if my socks get wet, I'm angry. That's it. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm happy. It quits. I'm I'm losing. And at this point, being an adult, like I will go into a store, I will buy all new clothes and just be <laughs> like, I'm trashing this. I need new. I need new everything. I can't just be walking around like this. Since since you're in New York or what have you, I feel like yeah. you know you just go around looking for like Mars Blackman. It's like, yo, you still selling socks? Like, what are you <laughs> what are you doing here, bro? <laughs> Can I bro, get those? That shit is real, man. I I went over to see a family member the other day. And they were like, oh, I got something for you. And I was like, oh, you know, you didn't have to get anything. It was a pa- it was like a 10 pack of those socks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I know where you got this. I respect it. This is a throwback. Thank you. I mean, but th- those are not the those are not the legit socks you want to be walking around in, especially not when the stars raining. No, Mm-mm. I got to get stance socks, human made, something like that. This is <laughs> this is where I'm at now. I spent twenty six dollars on a pair of socks. This is where I go. Hey. Comfort is king, right? Yeah. Um, that be, by signing on for two sequels, now this is like quarterback adjusted money right here. Tommy yeah. McGuire uh, secured. Tommy McGuire secured himself a paycheck of twenty six million dollars. So for the two sequels, twenty six okay. milli. And so, is that including what he got paid for this one, or just to do the extra two? Just to I think do two to do. Three? I think to do. Uh, I think it's for the uh, the next two. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's still not a lot of money compared to like you know Robert Downey Jr. getting them stacking tends to be an extra. Didn't, in- <laughs> bro, didn't they just pay like The Rock or something twenty million dollars to be in a god awful Netflix movie? Like people oh, were getting god. paid. I guess he was younger, but he had you know he was kind of doing his thing. It's not Hollywood. where it's at now, too. But no, yeah, it's a lot different. 
I guess that was probably exciting at the time, but Toby Maguire came, he became more like, uh, I don't know. I don't know the man, but I, I've heard that he's difficult. I've heard that he's a difficult person. I can, um, I can see that. I can see that. So that's interesting. He, he gets very like uh, angry. He hates, he hates paparazzi. He hates like people messing with him. It'd be great. You haven't seen it. those memes. He like, he like threatens to beat people up, bro. <laughs> like, yo, Spider-Man's yes. about to kick your ass, son. No, yeah, Toby don't play that. He don't play. I was surprised that they got him back. It's like him and Ed Norton to me, and maybe it's just because I'm a black man. Uh, they just yeah. seem like, you know, I don't feel threatened by you in any way, shape, or form, but they're apparently like dickheads on like Seto so, Heading. just difficult. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've heard. So, Ed Norton, perfect comparison. Perfect comparison. He is apparently very similar to that. I don't know if he's as much of a diva on set as Edward Norton is uh, alleged to be, but I've seen the damn memes where he's literally like smacking cameras out of people's <clears throat> hands and yelling. The glares that he gives some of these paparazzis, like it's, it's <laughs> iconic. Man. It's great. And you're like Toby, like literally the dorky, dorkiest looking dude. No, he's, he's a badass. He's low key. He's low key a hothead. Uh, so, this is the so we're we're winding through uh, a lot of the trivia. So the Green Goblin was chosen as the film's main villain since Sam Raimi felt the father son theme of Norman and Harry Osborn and Peter mm-hmm. uh, Parker would make the film deeper, um, emotional, right? Uh, yeah. One of the reasons why Sam Raimi was a popular choice with um, Sony was for the director's gig was because he was an avid comic book collector in his um, private life with a collection of over twenty five thousand comics. 25,000. Uh, yes. Wow. Uh, wow. Now, okay, this is, this is the thing I was talking about earlier. Defoe, uh, Willem Defoe only has around 18 minutes of screen time as both Norman Osborn and the Green Goblin. They tricked my ass then. 18 minutes? How long is this movie? It's almost like two hours. Two like, hours? <laughs> two hours and one minute. He's wow. there for like an arc. He's like, hey, guys, uh... <laughs> I guess there's like the, and oh, you're right though, you know, because you get him in the beginning, then he goes, you get those like short mm-hmm. clips, him in the boardroom, him doing the, getting the damn, the goblin formula or whatever the hell he gets, him choking <laughs> out his homie. Like it's all <laughs> these short little vignettes of what he's doing. And because we don't get Peter as Spider-Man until halfway through the film, that makes sense because you get like what you get the Macy Gray <laughs> parade Stop. scene, the Macy Gray parade scene, and then he picks him up, and then at the end when they they're scrapping, yeah. This this movie wow. this movie felt really throwback upon recent watching because it didn't fit that normal mold for what we're expecting from a comic book movie these days. Yeah, it felt more of like a sci-fi movie, something that you would see like on a creature feature kind of situation in the eighties. Right. Because of the way they kind of did it is, it's this slow boil up to him getting into the costume and people have aped it since, but they've Mm -hmm. not, they've kind of leaned away from the sci-fi from the, this person is changing sort of thing. And I thought in some regards, it's not the same. It's not body horror, but I thought in some regards, and maybe it's because you're on here, the fly in some ways, it's like, Oh, when are we going to get to the thing? When are we going to get to the transformation? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Sam Raimi getting this role over a few of the other directors like really speaks to that, you know, he came from this indie background, just out in the woods with his friends. That's why Bruce Campbell shows up and everything, because that was his homie. And like when they're making Evil Dead and all these films, it's just so 
he's so resourceful and kind of is like likes these kind of weird arcs and and, and plays on his main characters. Did did you hear that uh, James Cameron was in the running for this? I think I heard about that. It was going to be like a James Cameron version. I can't imagine what it would have been, huh. but I see the challenge for him because you know what Avatar like. He likes pushing the envelope, and this yeah. was definitely a challenge. I'm still amazed that Sam Raimi got this this job to this day. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, who are you again? <laughs> right. So when right. James Franco joked about Tobey Maguire's uh, frog-like uh, features on set, the latter reportedly was genuinely upset by Franco's comments. <laughs> Toby was going to put the work there on his go. Uh, this go. doesn't play that shit. This created friction between the two actors, which led to an ex- to the then existing uh, rivalry between them. The the robbery actually still is, is happening. It still is it's still in play. They still don't like each other. The robbery was admitted wow. to by McGuire in interviews since the Spider Man franchise. You know what? I knew that they didn't like each other. I didn't know that fact, but it just makes so much sense to me. And like James Franco stuff aside yeah i i just don't see them them vibing with each other at all so that's interesting i guess it played into the the filmmaking you mm-hmm. know as the series goes on uh before willem defoe received the role of green goblin nick cage john malkovich bill paxton mel gibson john travolta brad dorf and robert de niro were offered the role the role was originally t- t- intended to be played by Billy Crudup, who um, wow. who even uh, dropped out of other projects to act in the film. But he was considered too young to play the plot of Norman Osborn and then and was declined for the role. Uh, many of the actors, including De Niro, Gibson and Travolta, turned down the role. De Niro was also considered for <laughs> for Otto Octavius. <laughs> in the sequel, uh, <laughs> the final actor in line to play uh, no, play Norman Osborn was Bill Paxton, but Raimi was finally convinced that Defoe was right for the part after a few meetings. Uh, Paxton's father's uh, still still appears in the film as uh, Norman's elderly butler Bernard Nick Cage. No will go way. On. Nick Cage would go on to voice um, Spider Man uh, Noir and Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Right. Into the Spider Verse. Okay. That's that's very interesting to me. I mean, again, with Raimi and kind of being this kind of offbeat character and the way that he makes, I totally see um, Defoe being the choice for him once he finally meets him, right? Yeah. Like some of these guys sound good on paper. And Robert De Niro was not doing whimsical or silly stuff like this no. in the early 2000s yet. Like that's like current Robert De Niro. Maybe you could get him to be in one of these. Um but no, I think they went with the right choice. And Billy Crudup is a great actor, mm-hmm. but he still looks pretty young. Like, I, yeah, I think he would have been way too young looking. He's like, he's like a handsome dude. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it. And didn't yeah, I, they get him to play uh, Flash's dad in Justice League? Yeah. Yeah. He sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take mm. one look at something real quick because I think I think De Niro was in something in 2002 that fits this kind of mold. Ah, not inter- the one movie Stardust, not that. Right? Oh no, no, that was like That's 2000. Yeah. That was a little later. That was 2007. He was Captain mm-hmm. Shakespeare. Right. Uh, he was in Showtime. <laughs> oh, and this is this is the inter and analyze that by the way. But here's okay. the. But here's the interesting thing he was in that year, 2002. He was in City by the Sea with James Franco. Wow. I'm going to play your father in both of these. He was, yeah. Okay. 
damn, I feel old, man, because I still remember seeing these trailers and stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Frankie Muniz, Jude Law, and Topher Grace Muniz. were considered for the role of Peter Parker. And Grace would later appear as Venom, playing with me. which was not a good Frankie choice. Frankie Muniz as Peter Parker? <laughs> Stop. Okay, I'm about to be very out of pocket right now. I Dude, love 17, Frankie Muniz. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle, we have so much that came from that. And also, he played it very smart with his money. Like, apparently, Frankie Muniz, like, was about his business, right? Mm -hmm. um, he got Big Fat Liar. He got all his different roles. <laughs> Frankie <laughs> Muniz has a very, very big head. And I'm not trying to, like, body shape or anything. But can you imagine Frankie Muniz with the Spider-Man that kiss mask is not happening over the same. his head? But like that is not that does not work for me. They were gonna get him nice and buff. That's why sometimes these 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 executives like they just don't know what they're doing. Here's the thing. I'm gonna throw this out there to you real quick. Also, Frankie Muniz is five foot five. Um, right, Frankie Muniz. If you're listening, I love you, man. No disrespect. You're not Peter Parker. <laughs> here's the thing. I understand CGI, right? They weren't using it yeah. like that then. But I don't know if you've seen the trailer for She-Hulk. I was hoping that we were going to talk about this. I it please. looks terrible. And, uh, yeah. and I think part of it is, and I said this when the casting happened, I don't see Tatiana's being like a tall like person. And She-Hulk right. is like a Megan the Stallion type like build. Right. So it's like, yeah, no. you're a smaller person. Like, I don't see it. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I know that people loved her in her different roles. What, what like was Orphan she? Orphan Black, it's I think. Orphan Black. And she played all these different roles and stuff. And I understand the comedic beats because that's a very comedic ca character. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that they just had to do so much with CG that even looking at the trailer, the difference between Mark Ruffalo's Professor Hulk yeah. and She-Hulk, I'm like, we're looking at two different eras of filmmaking. I'm looking at like, <laughs> I'm looking at like Avengers Russo Brothers Hulk paired with like Ang Lee's Hulk from <laughs> the early 2000s. I, and people are like, oh, they're going to touch up the CG, the, the trailers and everything. There is not that much time left for that show. It comes out in August. They probably work in those, those, you know, those people around the clock under brutal conditions if they think they're going to get that show looking right. Look, no disrespect. It'll probably be great. I'll probably love it. I'll probably love it. But when I watch that thing and, uh, and they're... Oh, it was like they Professor had that scene. Hulk, an animated Hulk from like Fox right. Kids. It's crazy. There, that one part where they're like, "Oh, your ass looks great," and she does her little like turn. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like my PS3 looked better than this like years and years ago. Like it's what is it? it's the Uncanny Valley. I, I can't. Do it. It, it's just too distracting. I hope they get it figured out. Kevin Feige, Disney, everybody, I hope you get it figured out. And I'm sure it'll be funny. Like, it looks funny, mm -hmm. but that is going to distract me. No question I'm going to be distracted by that. I think um, I think they've gotten lazy a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't particularly enjoy Moonlight. Mo Moon Knight, uh, yeah. And CGI was a part of it. Um, it's yeah. just like you have a full CGI character and you don't have the budget of Avengers to actually invest in that. And... Yeah you could still do those things but 
it doesn't work as well. It's just have a dude in a suit. I, I don't get it. It seems like the budgets are getting smaller and maybe it's because the frequency is picking up. Like we used to have what, like one or two Marvel movies. Then we got three. Now it's like four Marvel movies and like seven shows a year. And they're just doing a lot right now. Like Moon Knight, I, I enjoyed the story and kind of like where they went with it. But the CG did pull me out quite a bit yeah. um, with the character and like they didn't use it. And I think a lot of that was like not just story driven, but like like budget and time driven. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a little concerned about, uh, yeah, She-Hulk and whatever. I mean, she's a funny character. I'm sure a lot of it will just be like quips and jokes and stuff. But if you have someone who's talking and like I'm supposed to be like following what's going on, I can't. Yeah, I just can't have the character looking yeah. like that. And, and I think you know? when when there is an attempt to. How can I put it? Where if you need to rely on it in such a way, like I think they get rids, if that makes sense. Like yeah, the no. CGI for Spider-Man's current suits don't look bad. Uh for Iron Man yeah. suits doesn't look bad. But when you get to some of these other colors, I don't think they figured out white as a CGI thing yet. And no. a lighter I think the lighter colors, it just doesn't quite work. And that's just something that, again, the Uncanny Valley, once, once you see these things, I remember I had a film class in high school and someone pointed something out. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, I, think, I think I was watching it. maybe Hannibal or something. And it was like, mm. it was something then. And I was like, oh, damn it. Now this is just ruined for me. Now my eyes always go to that doesn't right. match. Right. Uh, so here's the last piece of casting stuff. Um, no, actually two pieces. Joe Manginella, yeah, Manginello, yeah, Manginello, yeah. Okay. You've got a lot of pizza to come up with that when I get Man- it. Man- yeah, that's just part of me now. Uh, he was offered a hundred dollars to punch Tommy McGuire on the seats. A hundred dollars. Wow! Slap this dude's face, which Big is money, worth, which is worth one hundred and sixty in today's dollars. <laughs> <laughs> inflation love uh, it arlie emery uh christopher lloyd and dennis farina were considered for the role of jay jonah jameson before jk sentence was cast wow i you know that's not as bothersome to me i love jk he's great and like he's that role has kind of gone on to spawn like all of his not all i'm not going to be disrespectful but yeah. so many of his roles following that yeah um you know, I feel like there's a multiverse, like basically J, you know, J. Jonah, <laughs> JK it. is J. Jonah is like all these different people in these different realities. Right? Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Give me more pictures of Spider-Man. But no, nah, he's 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 iconic. He's so good. I mean, I think he's probably what the most like comics accurate person in the film, probably. Mm-hmm. And know? I mean, they even kind of get away with they don't really do the Hitler stash because that's what that character has. And they. Right make a shift that works that's not annoying and it's like you know that wasn't going to work um for the long term um so yeah so that that's pretty much the main things i had for casting um yeah so i want to get into observations slash questions and then we can talk about what works and what doesn't work and Mm -hmm. you know we can wrap up from there so you know any observations that come to mind feel free to throw them in but okay I, i had my first one Toby is roughly seven years older than the age of his character. What's a teenager? Is this anime? Is a question that I had. 
which Everybody is why they cast Frankie. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny when you look at that scene where they all go on the field trip. Mm-hmm. They all look like grown ass, like not even college students, but Especially like Joe. in their early, yeah, in their 20s, like literally they should be out looking for jobs, not going on field trips and then being scolded by the teacher for like making too much noise. If I saw a grown ass man, I'd be like, what are you doing, bro? Like, get out of here. Everybody looks so old in that movie. I mean, I think even as a kid, I was like, all right, I'm only a few years away from being in high school. I know high schoolers are not not looking like this. Um, then your beard started growing. I was like, oh, well, huh? well, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, potentially, maybe. Yeah, that, that was a little. I mean, honestly, seven years is not. I thought it was more. I thought he was older. Because I think that. he's he's about. Yeah, I think he's 26 or something like that. And it's okay. like. All right. They always did that shit, man. Like they're just now trying to cast like age accurate people. And then they're like two, three, four years older. Yeah. And I I think some instances it it's, it works. Like, I think, I think Kristen Dunst was like the only Kirsten Dunst was the only one that was kind of close. I think Mm -hmm. she may have been 20. Oh, that's interesting. But like everyone else is like mid something. (laughs) Mm. Um, so I had, this is the question I have. Is yeah. Spider-Man akin to the Dark Knight trilogy in that the the first movie is really good, the second movie is better than the first one, and the third one just kind of misses the mark, just kind of falls off a cliff a little bit? I would agree. I mean, Batman Begins made me excited and you're like, okay, they didn't screw that up. And it felt it felt good. It felt kind of like realistic, whatever that means. Spider-Man 1 gives me the same feelings, even as like hokey and like cheesy as some of these things. And, and a lot of it is intentional. But Intentionally like saccharine. Spider-Man, yeah, like Spider-Man 2, Dark Knight, like those are crazy. Those films stick with you. Those action scenes stick with you. All of it does. I'm not really re-watching The Dark Knight Rises. I'm not really watching Spider-Man 3 unless I want to like laugh you know um so and there's reasons for that they just went too far you know that studio interference i think always once you have two films like that back to back that are just hitting mm-hmm. and the audiences want more i think they just jumped the gun a little bit with both of those series and i think the degree of difficulty and i i know that big bad nolan you can't say anything that's not always right. you know dr cuz you know dr is an olympic sport uh yeah but i believe the degree of difficulty for spider-man both spider-man and batman have really good rugs galleries however mm-hmm. when i think of spider-man's polar opposite is his nemesis and you know use your comic hat on this one who comes to right. mind for you and um so and that's the only shift whereas batman you had it baked in that yo we got joker this is going to yeah. be fire and yeah. it's like somehow they made auto octavius kind of a corny character like oh right you work and then when they tried to pull that trigger and do venom late because i think just cgi wise it wasn't going to work yeah it was just like oh this is garbage actually <laughs> yeah and he didn't want to do it i mean it's it's Sam Raimi fought the studio on that. He did not want Venom in that movie, and they made him do it. That's why he stopped making comic book movies. And I, I definitely think that Topher Grace wore the Willem Dafoe teeth later in that movie because he had like oh, the weird geez. fangs. 
Um, Ew. Yeah, his like smile, his like half between Venom and Topher's smile. Uh, in the 20 years since, which Spider-Man villain are you desperately looking to see on the big screen that you haven't seen so far or haven't seen done right? Because I think the lizard comes to mind for me if I haven't seen done right. The lizard has not been done right. Electro, they kind of were trying to fix it, I guess, with the newer one. They tried that three uh, different times. No, the shocker was the other guy. Yeah, shocker. The shocker. Honestly, it's probably Venom. I don't think that they've done Venom correctly. I know people love those Venom movies for what they are. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> and the what? Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage with Woody Harrelson's Carnage. One of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. That that film, when you have two of these scariest and the like these villains are, if you go back to those old Spider-Man comics, like Spider-Man plays around, you know, he's quipping, he's making jokes and shit. Venom and Carnage beat the shit out of my out of my guy. Like he is not making that many quips when he's fighting these two. Um also, the movie should have all, been rated R, to be honest with you. It should have been. Kill like, people. <laughs> yeah, he's Carnage is a serial killer. I mean, I understand. I I will give them the benefit that I understood what they were trying to do, but I think that like it just hasn't been done right, and I don't think that it will be. No. Um, yeah. We have little hints at maybe at some point Marvel, but like it's still under Sony's control, and like we see what they've done with this character. You I, know, I think. I think the other thing that kind of gets because I have the book in here, I have the trade in here. Yeah. That that let there be carnage was an attempt at maximum carnage, which I have that book so in bad. My, on my books shelf. Yeah, it's it's I don't know what they were trying to do, man. So oh. I don't know. I think I think Venom or and or Carnage, but for what is what would your villain be just besides Lizard? Um one that I really want to see, uh and I think they're doing it in a different way. I want to see Craven the Hunter. And okay. I know that they're doing like a movie for that. And, you know, again, I know yeah. nothing, right? However, eh, you know, I, what I wanted to see was him, Craven be introduced in Wakanda somehow. Of that like, would be great. This yeah. white dude is coming in here trying to like poach our shit. And then it's like Spider-Man team up because that's all we do at this point. Right. And I was like, that's the way you somebody. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're the actual game that I'm hunting. That would be a dope angle. They're not going to do that. But that's the way I would like to see that work out. And the notion of you can do like what Sergey's last hunt, that could be fire. Yeah. That Um, would be a good one. Craven is. Yeah. Craven doesn't get the respect he deserves. And I guess they have to figure out a way to like show his skill and like everything that he can do on screen but you know the weird thing that i heard aren't they taking um isn't that character supposed to be played by aaron taylor johnson it is yeah who was quicksilver and kick-ass and kick-ass yeah okay uh-huh it's like do you have muscle? Done that? <laughs> yeah no he's buff now i saw he was intended i mean it's fine but I think that the, especially now that we're in the whole multiverse world, it's like, all right, now I'm starting to get confused. You no, know? I'm, I'm thinking it's from the perspective of casting is like, yo, have you done those HGH or whatever that we can just put muscle on you? You're now a superhero <laughs> again. And just yeah, it's like you up. you've been in multiple things, dude. And it's just like, are we just going to we get the notion of 
more than one chance. You know, we've had uh, uh, Chris Evans. We've had uh, right. Michael B. Jordan. We've had uh, Ryan Reynolds all play multiple heroes. And that first one was a mulligan to a degree. Yeah. To a degree, maybe the jury's still out, but well, not really. I, I, to a degree, um, Ben Affleck. He was, I think yeah. he was a fine Batman. He was a terrible daredevil. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, I think like, all right, you were great. You did kick ass. And that's not a Marvel property. I get it. But also you were Quicksilver and you were cool as Quicksilver. You got blicked off, though. Yeah, they did him dirty. But like the character was fine. The power set was fine. I think off. it was just because they they were going up against Quicksilver uh-huh. from Days of Future Past and Oh Lord, Marvel! I because now we're getting in all you yeah. know, Wanda and all this stuff. You know, we're doing our own multiverse right here. Uh, multiverse reviews. So, where does this movie fit in the last twenty years worth of Spider-Man movies? Because we've had how many Spider-Man movies in the last twenty years? Spider-Man one, two, three. Amazing one, two. You got uh, Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And then you got three. Just like eight Tom Holland Spider Man movies. Is that, can I do math? That's like eight or nine. And then he's yeah. in all these other, he's featured in like all these other movies too. Hmm. So about like nine Spider Man like straight movies. And then he's probably featured in another like, what is that, like four movies? Mm-hmm. Four or five movies. Both okay. the Avengers movies, Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Civil War. Oh. Huh. Where does this rank for me? Yeah, like where does that fit in it? Because I, I, th- this is probably above just off off rip, probably yeah. above both of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Oh, without a doubt, I, I love Andrew Garfield. Everyone loves Andrew Garfield. I think that that suit was the best suit we got until our newest version that we got a quick glimpse of with Tom Holland. Um, those movies had so much potential, and they just. They just messed it all up. So this movie, all of these rank above those, I think. And then, honestly, I know this is a little controversial. I like this Spider-Man movie probably more than... Probably more than the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Oh, Spider-Man and Iron Man? (laughs) Yeah, I kind of, like... Yeah, I don't really like, I love the Vulture. Like, I like elements of that movie, but Mm -hmm. I think as a full package, this movie does something um, more for me. I like Far From Home a little bit. No Way Home. Uh, Jerry's still out for me. It was a little long, honestly. It was a little bit. It was a little bit much. Um, So this is like up there on the list. I'd say it's probably like top, definitely like top three or four. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go very similar to that. Um, yeah. I it, Again, I think you're spot on. I think probably Spider-Verse is my number two, maybe yeah. number three. Um, Spider-Man 2 is up there. I liked yeah. Far From Home a lot more than people because people were like, oh, that was a bad movie. I was like, no. No. It wasn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like Far From Home. Yeah. Yeah. And just I, the only thing I didn't like is they they had the trailer and I was like, PD, you want no parts of this? And I was like, this is not in the movie though. I was like, I really wanted oh, that to be in the movie because yeah. <laughs> I marked out. Yeah, I was like, no, you're hell? right on that. You know, and Far From Home did something really cool, which is they gave us that scene um, when Peter's kind of like all the mysterious stuff, and like these are things that are ripped directly from the comic 
page panels mm-hmm. of like him tripping out or thinking he's seeing stuff and bumping in. Like, I think that's honestly like one of the best sequences that we've gotten for a Spider-Man property ever is like that little scene where he's dealing with Mysterio's um, illusions. And that's really cool. That was really cool to see on screen. Spider-Man 2, I think Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Verse go kind of like they go back and forth between Mm -hmm. one and two for me. And then it's like far from home and then this one and then the rest kind of like fall into place. Yeah, I I think the only thing that was missing from that that sequence that you're describing, and it also set up some of the stuff that we got in uh, Doctor Strange 2. Some of the kind of right. zombie stuff, some of the, the some of that imagery. Yeah. Um, if he would have said the famous line from the animated series of "Enough of your politics, uh, Mysterio," <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great. Just my yeah. my girl loves that line, and she was like, "I was waiting for it," and then he didn't say it. She was like, "I was so tight about it," but also I got Mysterio, and she loves Jake Gyllenhaal, so she's like, "This is this yeah. works for me." <laughs> I'm a Jake stan. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, so him. I thought he was good as Mysterio. I thought. The scenes were good. The action was good. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. They should have uh, put that line. I know you're right. So two other things of these observations yeah. I want to throw out there. Um, one of them you're not going to like because it it, okay. it, it it ties to movies that you don't like. So okay. in the first Venom movie, um, okay. it's, I, I quote this line a lot. Um, More tolerable than the next than the second. Yes, in my opinion. except for that last sequence when they just look like when they're fighting and they just look like just a morph of nonsense. Um, yes his when when the villain <laughs> it, um what decides he has a bad name it's a bad name what is, it's like wreck wreckage or something what the hell is his name again it's something now you're gonna make me look this I'm, up i'm gonna no i'm gonna no, look i it gotta up. Look, it look it up okay uh his name is colton drake which is a bad name i believe his name is riot riot yeah i was like it's something dumb like okay but the yeah, character's the, the character name is bad. Colton yeah. Drake. Colton Drake. I'm gonna name my child Colton Drake. So there's a there's a point when they're like the 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 um this 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 thing is unstable. And he's like, ah, human trials. <laughs> and he says that in the movie. And essentially <laughs> um Norman Osborne says the same thing when he injects himself <laughs> with the fucking <laughs> and I was like, look, can we just Maybe stop it with was the throwback? <laughs> nah, human trials always, always. <laughs> Um, and this this is the last thing. Um, and I, and I want to know if you you notice this. Uh, don't tell Harry it's done a couple of times by both MJ and uh, Norman to 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 Peter. Yes, I thought that was interesting. Maybe yeah, I'm reading more like into not, it. No, you're absolutely not. He's like not emotionally. People, they just Harry was always going to become this guy. And I know we got kind of uh, James Franco, so he was like a handsome dude at the time. They give Harry like big like simp energy. Like Harry's got like incel <laughs> energy about him, bro. Because everyone just thinks that he is like not emotionally like capable of handling things, not smart enough, not like interesting enough. Willem Def- uh Norman does him so dirty and like is so obviously in love with Peter. Like y'all were making this guy a villain without even you know <laughs> trying. But like the don't tell Harry, then he dies. And then don't tell Harry with like, yeah. 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 I'm not a Harry Osborne sympathizer, but yeah, nobody gave this man respect at all. Nobody respected him until he died. Yeah. And this is why he's carrying around a blade, trying to be the goblin and it's like, it didn't work. Right. Also, uh, so here's what works and what doesn't work. Um, 
and again, you know, feel free to chime in. Uh, yeah. What doesn't work? Goblin's costume. I needed some purple, and they they kind of fix that. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I'm looking for the TV. Like it didn't need to be armor. It could have just been a rubber mask of him just getting loose on the friggin' yeah, hoverboard. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this is this is funny, and it, I think they echo I it agree. in. I think they echo this acting style in uh, No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Peter's acting when Uncle Ben dies is atrocious. That cry, that that cry face, man. His ugly His cry. <laughs> you know who had the best Uncle Ben uh, death is is Andrew Garfield. Really? And nobody likes those movies. I thought it was like they did the same exact thing, but like his acting, I thought was pretty good when uh what was it martin sheen yeah his version of uncle ben died <laughs> he was sheen. kind of like going through it bro he was going through some stuff um the final fight works i think that goes really yeah. well um his spider-man is not good at his job yet he's supposed to be outmatched bro. he's getting his Them ass hits those punches my man was getting sock him bopped he was getting <laughs> thrown all over that damn the ruins or wherever they were fighting man like and then some of the slow-mo punching and then seeing the blood and everything yeah. come out. Yeah, Spider-Man was getting rocked. He was getting rocked. He punched part of his mask doubt. off, and it was so funny to me. Yeah. Uh, that was honestly my favorite part of No Way Home is when Goblin <laughs> beat the shit out of Tom Holland and was <laughs> yeah. like, he was like sl- pile driving my man through like apartment buildings and stuff. I was like, okay, this is what I want to see. Like, you making too many mistakes, Peter. You need to be humbled. And that's exactly what he did to Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there are references. This doesn't work. There are references to Eddie and to Dr. Connors that go nowhere. Like, right. We we don't really get Dr. Connors. There is no lizard in these these movies. And we get Eddie. And, and this is said by somebody at the Daily Bugle. We get Eddie uh, two movies late. Well, the, the movie after this one. Right. Well, after the movie yeah. after this one. Um, the meme ability, as I said, really works. Um, and, you know, again, Willem Dafoe is a number one A. And this is why I think he worked so well in coming back and adding something a little bit extra to bringing the Goblin back and then getting the visuals of the Goblin right as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Absolutely agree. He's my favorite part of the first movie and my favorite part of No Way Home. Yeah, I mean, I I marked out. I don't know anybody that hasn't when they are all spider suited up together on like the Statue of Liberty. I was like, okay, yeah, that's just right. just arcing everywhere. Just give yeah. me give me the butter, you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, so here's the one fix: the rooftop scene is fucking weird. When I, oh my god, that was what I was gonna say is my like weird. That was like my doesn't work for this movie. Like remove that scene. Because he's just like, it's it's like, I can see that that's Willem Dafoe, but the pantomiming right. in the suit makes it look like it's CGI, and it right. just doesn't work. And that, isn't that one of the scenes where you really see, like, his mouth underneath the mask, too, like, his teeth and his talking? That scene is weird as hell. And it's another thing, like, plot-wise, I'm like, bro, what is going on here? Like, do something. You, you giving my man like a timetable to do this stuff. I don't know. That seems really odd. And I, and I think the other thing it's, it plays in this way that if he didn't know that Peter was Spider-Man, at least at that point, right. 
yeah. he's framing it like he's trying to get his kid to come over to the dark side and he was using Peter as a surrogate for right. Harry. So it's just like, is that just what you do? You hate your kid that much that anybody else that's another guy is like, look. It was weird, man. It was like they had Peter or Spider-Man, whatever, on like Benadryl or something. And then I don't know what my <laughs> man was talking about. But yeah, that's the one scene when I rewatched this, I was like, all right, I could do without this. We could have done something else. He freaking blew up the Daily Bugle. <laughs> and just right, like, just to come sit my man down, sleep. Like, it's come great. On, all That's right. some Willem Dafoe shit, though. He probably pitched that. He's like, look, I got an idea. I, ha- I had the spray tanks with me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got the wardrobe, too. Um, right. All right. So here's my favorite scenes, and then we'll wrap on this. Uh, yeah. Final observation. Over. So uh, favorite scenes. I got the bone saw scene. I really like that. I like seeing Macho Man pop up in there. What's your name, kid? The human spider. The human spider. That's it? That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> yeah. It works. So good. Uh, the cafeteria scene works. I like that a lot. Wow. Great reflexes. Thanks. No problem. Hey, you have blue eyes. I, I didn't notice without your glasses. You just get contacts? Mm-hmm. Um, Norman Osborne getting fired is probably the best scene in this movie because of Willem Dafoe's face acting. He goes through yeah. every <laughs> fucking, every emotion. All emotions known to man. At, at this point in our human history, he, he covered everything that we've, we've, we've done. <laughs> but you can't do this to me. I started this company. You know how much I sacrificed? And, uh, Lastly, it's going to be the fight scene between Goblin and Spidey uh, to wrap the movie. Spun your last web, Spider-Man. Had you not been so selfish, your little girlfriend's death would have been quick and painless. But now that you've really pissed me off, I'm going to finish her nice and slow. Um, That works really well, um, as we've said before. Were there any to stick out for you? Well, let's start with that fight scene. I mean, superheroes really don't get their asses whooped like that today. You know, the closest thing that I've seen to that is when my man Tony was squaring up with Thanos at the end of Infinity War, and he was punching the damn nano machines off of my man's face. Like, that is what I want to see sometimes, you know? Like, I think the fight scene is great, just the way that he cuts out the the music. There's no music there. It's just so silent, and you're just hearing these punches connect. Mm-hmm. That shit is good. Um, the bone saw scene is great. We will acknowledge that there was some language that uh, is not great in the in the bone saw scene. But for the most part, I think that like it's good and it shows the comedy and like the name and everything and like how dorky and weird this guy really is. That the human these, spider. <laughs> the human spider. Like no, you got a better name than that. Come on. He's like, that's um, all you got, kid? <laughs> that's all you got, kid? That's one of the best Bruce Campbell um, cameos. So I'd say those two scenes are good. Um, what else do I like? I don't like, I don't really like much of what he does with Mary Jane. I think they kind of, they kind of messed that character up a bit. Yeah. So, okay. So not the boardroom. I do like the boardroom, but when, um, when Norman is ex- doing his own human trials and experimenting on himself with his homeboy, yeah. that's always in the lat, you know, his lackey. 
And it's just like that quick scream and cut when he opens his eyes and like grabs him by yeah. the, yeah, he grabs him. I think that's great. And then he jumps onto um, his little hoverboard. Back to formula. I say those ones really stick out for me. And then a scene I really loved when I was a kid where I was like, all right, this is like kind of mid, um, but I guess it's just like based on the technology of the time is where they're in the burning building and like Goblin has like the old lady thing over it. And then he throw, he's like pretending to be an old lady. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so like cheesy, but it just worked for me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, that one works. And then he throws all his little junts and Peter's like dodge. And that, I, I thought that was the coolest shot I've ever seen in my life when I was, when I was 12 years old. Um, and maybe it was, it could have been, you know, but those are the ones for me. I remember one of my buddies um, touring. He was like, man, just driving around. I got a bunch of like mini pumpkins in the back of my car. I was like, the fuck are you? Like Green Goblin and shit? I was like, you just throwing them at people? Awesome. Yes. Just, <laughs> just tossing pumpkins. Ain't, ain't no thing. So that's pretty much all I had. I guess we can wrap up on final thoughts and, um, you know, social media and all that good stuff. So I'll yeah. let you have it, man. Final thoughts. What, what do you, where's this movie rank for you? How, when's the last Ooh. time you saw it before watching it for this review? You know what? I did a Spider-Man, well, the whole series, I did a rewatch before No Way Home. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the last time I saw it before the review. So fairly recently, it had been years since then. And honestly, my ranking stayed the same. I love this movie for what it kind of like gave us. It, it This character that I grew up loving and reading as a kid, like realized and, and um, given personality and like the effects and everything was just on point. Um, so it's still it still ranks pretty high for me. Like I said, without this, we don't get Spider-Man 2. And I think Spider-Man 2 is just chef's kiss. Like, I just mm -hmm. think that what they did with Peter and Otto and the action and the everything about that movie is incredible. And like you kind of see bits of that starting to shine through um, in Raimi's directing of this one. So, yeah, this I still I still love this movie quite a bit. Obviously not as much as 12-year-old Isaiah, but pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. It's still pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. What about you? No, it's, it's legit. Like, I was able to watch. I ended up, it's been a while since I watched it. I, I ended up yeah. watching it twice. I had it, uh, I had it one on while I was taking notes. And mm -hmm. then I had it on just kind of in the background, not really yeah, not paying yeah. attention to it. And it was just like, just remembering something that I've seen a, a lot, I think, the kind of that first half kind of drags to what I've been accustomed to with like superhero movies now. And, right. and I think that's why I, I made the comparison to a sci-fi movie. It's just like, mm -hmm. but I think this is longer than a sci-fi movie. So you're like, all right, right, if you're trimming, let's say 20 minutes off and this is like an hour and 40 minute movie, he's Spider-Man like at minute 30 versus minute 54. And yeah, but, you know, this still is up there for me. This still ranks very high. Um, it is the best first iteration of Spider-Man in, in a solo flick or kind of solo flick, um, right. only followed by uh, uh, Homecoming. Homecoming is Homecoming. Yeah. Homecoming is fine, but it's really the Vultures movie, which was probably going to be in that fourth Spider-Man movie that, no, they were going to make a different Vulture, which was stupid. Um, right. But, yeah, I, I like this movie, and I'm glad that we were able to talk about it. I, like I said earlier, man, I was so excited um, when you asked me to be on this one. Yeah, just because I have a lot of thoughts about it and obviously a lot of different deep cuts or, or things that kind of ended up 
um, being related to the the greater MCU as we now understand it. And it's crazy that it's expanded now because now all these movies are technically part of the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. With No Way Home. So yeah, it's a, it's a great one. It's it's It was good to see Toby come back. I bet Toby was out there laughing his ass off at the paycheck and the fact that James Franco was not <laughs> welcome back into the, the <laughs> franchise. It's like, well, um, you are dead, so you, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, yeah, I still really enjoy this this film quite a bit. Um, and I, I there are rumors that they may bring Toby back for more, and I think I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with, uh, you know, him kind of, you know, getting a, getting another run with maybe one of those characters that really didn't get it. And I'd be fine with, even though I think he's taking a break from acting, yeah. Andrew Garfield actually getting a run with, like, let's just figure things out because. He needs know, that more than Toby does, I think. He does. And I think he needs that more. Because they made him the emo Spider-Man and it did, really didn't work. Um, yeah. And they gave him that little bit of that redemption in um, Far From uh, No Way Home. Yeah. And, and and I think really that was him, but also it was the character too. And it just melded really well together. And yeah. Um, yeah. So where can folks find you at on social media? People can find me um, on, on the socials. I'm on Instagram at Isaiah RW. So um, I-S-A-I-A-H-R-W. Um, you can also find me at my website, uh, IsaiahRW.com. And yeah, that's, that's it. Not, not really working on too, too much crazy new stuff right now. Just, you know, finishing up some projects and looking forward to some stuff coming down the, you know, down the pipeline soon here. So there you have it folks. Um, hope you enjoyed this review of 2002 Spider-Man I did today with the, the super talented and interesting photographer. Just, Renaissance you. man. Yeah, you know, fan of Carhartt. I see you, see you out here. Uh, Isaiah no, Winter. Carhartt plug. Always sponsor <laughs> me. You coward. Stop this already. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm Rob Lee, and this has been an episode of Let's Watch It Again. And uh, keep watching those movies, folks. 